Yo, what's going on? It's Robert Bruce right here. I am at the Barbs, and last night we saw an absolutely amazing show. Rupi Kerr, the international phenomenon, poet, illustrator, and all-round creative. She was in the building and she shut it down. It was my first ever time seeing her, and learning about Rupi and seeing her work was absolutely amazing. She was a self-published poet, aged 21 years old as a student, published her own poetry book called Milk and Honey. It went on to sell millions of copies around the world. So much to explore and so much to talk about. We are at the barbs, very comfortable. Everything is just, you know, chef's kiss and i've got someone in the guest chair right now if you know her you know her work ethic she is a force in the music industry literally anyone that mentions her name if you're associated with this lady right here you're in good good hands give us a my name is my name is kamadi scott jones sometimes i like to let you you know big up your chest a little bit so i want you to let the people know who have you worked with and worked for that people want to know outside um, so, at Parlophone Records, as an A&R manager, Hamza, Manelia, um, a bunch of others, JB Schofield, um, and lots of others that you may not even know yet. Mm. Um, and then outside of that, I'm co-founder of the Black Music Coalition and The Debrief. And we obviously came to see a show. Yes. We saw the amazing poet that is Rupi Kerr, a truly formidable creative force. Like, I learned that when she was 21, she self-released her own poetry book so wild. went on to sell millions and millions of copies literally talking about her life experiences immigration love burnout she covered so so much and I was just so shocked to see first of all the type of people that were there because I couldn't say what type of person was there mm. everyone was in the crowd and how she just commanded the room and the energy in the room and the poetry how it was flowing and even when she backed off her heel, she's like, you know what, we're <laughs> going to get into it today. Had you seen her before? Had you ever seen Rupi? I've never seen her live, um, but I've heard about her a lot. And I think her work is really shareable. And I always see it on, like, social media. I think, like, you know, I don't actually follow Chloe Kardashian, but I feel like <laughs> she, she always, you know, like, that's the, that's the yeah, kind of yeah, level yeah. that her work gets shared on. Um, because, yeah, I feel like it was just the whole show. What really struck me was, like, it was so relatable and... Mm all the topics and the way she attacks them, it was like, oh, like I can fully see why yeah. she's sold out <laughs> this <laughs> world tour, do you know what I mean? It was, it was really, really special, I thought. And I think like even the whole just coming in, mm. grabbing drinks beforehand, yeah. I never knew it was so like sociable, yeah. if that makes sense. And you just come and everyone's just vibing. When you stepped into the building, obviously mm -hmm. you're aware of it because of the music side of things, mm -hmm. but coming as someone coming to see a show, yeah. what was that like? You know what, I just thought it was, I just enjoyed the vibe. I, I was quite excited and I think it added to the fact I was excited to see her and mm. see what she had to offer live and stuff. So yeah, it was just a good vibe and we met like some cool people beforehand yeah. and yeah, I don't know, it was just, it was proper vibesy, probably more so than, I don't know, sometimes like I go to the theatre, I've got like friends that act and I've always kind of, I've actually always gone Been to the theatre in okay. my life, yeah. but not as often now, um, but yeah, when I do, I still feel like you can feel a little bit out of place if you're not like a proper, like mm. every week theater goer. And yeah, I think I didn't have that experience here, which is really interesting. 
um, because I think you do feel that in a lot of spaces still. You feel like you've got to be a certain the type. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. And that's even coming from me, who I would say I'm pretty cultured. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of culture, because she touches on culture during mm. the show and in her poetry a lot. You're from West London? I have West London, very proudly. Um, Caribbean family, Jamaica on one side, Barbados on the other. Um, yeah, and so like one of the poems that really stood out to me was the one about her mum and like coming over and just, yeah, broken English, I think mm -hmm. it was. And yeah, I just, I really resonated with that. I thought it was, just really spoke to like being first or second generation child of immigrants and yeah, because I often think like, wow, like, I can't believe, when I go back like to the Caribbean, I think, I can't believe my grandparents left here to mm. go there. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Obviously it was much more complicated, but um, yeah, I really, I felt that moment a lot. I feel mm. like it was, um, yeah, just really reflected a lot of our experiences, especially as Londoners, because so many of us aren't, you know, we're from here, but no. there's other routes as well. Mm. And yeah, it's a weird thing. It's like, you've got, like you belong but you don't belong yeah, and it's yeah, like you've got yeah, one yeah. or two homes or three homes but it's kind of weird if you went back to one mm -hmm. maybe you don't feel like you belong there either yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, sort of caught in the middle of like so many different worlds and resonating to different parts of each of those worlds exactly. if that makes sense so like sometimes I can be in Dagenham and be like yeah this is so me like this is what I know is to understand and then I'll go Ghana and I was like oh is this what it feels to be like one of many who are just the same yeah. as you and then you'll be in different parts of the world. But I find West particularly interesting. Mm. What about West is in you, would you say? Oh, you know what, yeah, you know when people talk like they guess where you're from? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I, I probably, f I, I do feel like creatively, I know that South get a lot of stripes, yeah? And my, I've actually got, most of my family are yeah. from South, like they oh, live in it? South, yeah, my dad's from South, everyone's from no South. No way. Yeah, but, we are still West. Um, <laughs> what can I say? The cream rises to the top. <laughs> no, but um, I feel like West London it is very creative. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think you've got um, a really deep music scene um, and just amazing artists that have come out of West London. Like you've got Cleo Soul, Shaka, Western. Um, the list really does go on. Like, and I feel it's a really nice melting pot. And I think it makes you quite accepting because yeah. you are kind of like on one side of the road are like the big you know townhouses with a certain type of demographic that live in there now but then that could be opposite an estate and you know you're side by side with like the Moroccan community or Portuguese Brazilian and Golden mm -hmm. community and I yeah I do feel like growing up and going to school there and stuff like you do really feel that like and so there's yeah you just I think it's a proper good like cross-section of London and kind of your experience there. So you don't feel too out of place anywhere, yeah. I would say, because you kind of got best of both. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're around so much diversity, especially when you're younger. Mm. It's like, that is what is the norm yeah. to you. Was there ever a time where you realized, okay, this is what happens in my area, but this is normal in that area? Because I think about Rupi describing about her family moving over to Canada, I believe it was, yeah. and having the culture shock. Do you ever remember like any culture shock moments for you and like, oh, these people are weird, but like, what oh, are they weird? Do you know what, yeah? 
I'm going to get Peckham slander from all my Peckham and South friends, yeah. But I remember the first time I went to Peckham. Yeah. Like, as a teenager, though, because I'm sure I went, like, to see family, or whatever. I've got family in Peckham, Dulwich, like... But, like, actually, you know, on TFL and that. <laughs> and I got out at Peckham Rye, and there was, like... It was just dirty. It was actually, at the time, this was years ago yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Peckham is super gentrified and actually a fun place to be. I actually, yeah, I, I go when I need to. But yeah, I feel like it was just definitely, um, you know, like if you don't go to an area often and it has like stereotypes, like I don't know, a Harsden, like Church Road, it's like, you know, it was like full yeah, of yardies you know you and like, you're going to yeah. get shot every time you walk yeah, there. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it was the first time that I was like, oh, right, like maybe the rumours are true. It's mad <laughs> down here. Yeah, I know this for a fact. You haven't even got to tell me, but I know August bank holiday. Yes. The streets are calling your name. Oh, since I was in the womb. Since you was in the womb? You know yeah, genuinely. Of? I've only missed one carnival in my life. No, Just one. the pandemic one. Or no, you in fact, miss one? In fact, there was, no, one, aside from the pandemic, so yeah. we missed two. I went when I was seven to Barbados for like six, seven weeks with my dad. Yeah. And um, just for summer holidays. And so I missed that one, but I went to Cropover in Barbados. In Barbados. So, <laughs> you know, like it kind of evens out. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, Carnival is like a massive, massive part of, yeah, just my life. And um, it was always very fam family orientated. I've got um, family that literally live still in Nabrook Grove. Mm. And, um, so, yeah, growing up, we would stay the whole weekend, go to Panorama on Saturday, um, and, yeah, just wake up. And even before I was old enough to, like, you know, like, proper be involved, yeah. we plan our outfits and, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, you are older, and it's like, oh, God, like, there's boys there. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? We stopped doing the floats and, <laughs> and playing pan and all of that. And, um, yeah, so it's really special. It's just a time where, yeah, very family vibes. And, yeah, I don't, like, because of the job I do, it's very demanding. Like, I could you know, I can easily miss people's birthdays and, mm. you know, special occasions. But I would say Carnival is a weekend where I really try to, like, keep no myself. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, it's always been, I don't know, it's like tradition and, yeah, being Caribbean is important mm. to me. So um, I like to throw myself in. <laughs> it's nice to see, like, just how culture affects and shapes people. And even mm. with Rufi, she could have easily left her culture behind in terms of, the higher levels of society that she's gone into or the different spaces and circles that she's experiencing now, after said there millions of copies of her poetry. Mm. But in her work, it's still such a foundation. And then you also get the angle and aspects of her friendships and how her friendship groups have grown and stuck together yeah. and stuff like that. And I really found her work was, it just touched on everything. Yeah. And it got me thinking, yeah, what friend was I in my friendship group? Oh my God. What friend was you in your... Were well, you not the leader of the group? <laughs> so I had the leader of the group. I was the, I was the leader. <laughs> Do you know what? I was a leader that empowered others okay. to feel like they were the leader. That's the true leader, so you know? Because sometimes you lead from the back. That's true. Yes, those who don't say much, say it all. I like what you did. I just made up my own phrase. So I want you to write that <laughs> Yeah. No, but what, what, what friend was you in your friendship group? Do you know what? I've always been quite bossy. And yeah, I think in all the friendship groups I've had in my whole life, I probably, I don't know, I feel like I would have been a bit like Rupee. I feel like she was the one that was like a bit outspoken. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I feel like, but also really supportive and really loyal. Um, and I really got that from that poem um, of Rupee's and just like all the pictures and, 
yeah, it was special. And to kind of see the old ones and that they stuck together. I've got, I'm friends with most people that I have. From young? Yeah, I've got friends like from my first day at like reception. No way. That I'm still friends still with. Friends yeah, now. we're still friends. Not like everyday friends. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we can see each other tomorrow and it's like no time has passed. Mm. Or um, one of my oldest friends, we've literally known each other my whole life. And um, our dads are best friends. Wow. So like, yeah, I've always, yeah, friendship is really important. And I agree like that was a standout moment for me. Cause what would your friends like say? How would your friends describe you in your um, friendship group? So you've said bossy already. Yeah, definitely one. bossy. Yeah. Even when I was young, like <laughs> I definitely was bossy. And like, I would like do um, like school talent shows and stuff. Yeah. And like, I'd be like the lead choreographer. <laughs> and, like, maybe I was the leader of the group, but not in maybe the best way. <laughs> No, I don't know. I think, um, yeah, they would say definitely that I take charge, um, that I'm very passionate and like stand up for my friends and things that I believe in. And even if you're not my friend, like, mm -hmm. I still feel like, yeah, I would, um, yeah, I'm probably that person. I'm like, yeah, ride or die, mm -hmm. I'd ride out, bang out. <laughs> <laughs> People can count on you. And yeah. Honestly, I left the show, yeah, Ruby mm. Show just thinking bare different things. So I remember her talking about friendship and how life has got busy and stuff like that. And then mm. she was speaking in another one of her poems about, I think it was like productivity anxiety. Like, mm. am I doing enough right now? Should I be doing more? If I'm not sleeping, every waking minute and second of the day mm. needs to be going towards reaching my goals. And then sometimes I find it hard, yeah, when people who have reached a big goal speak about, is it really all worth it sort of thing? In your work as well, as you were saying, like mm. you try and give yourself carnival weekend, which is yours, yeah. probably your birthday as well. Do you, or yeah. do you remember your birthday? You know what, I can get away with my birthday because it's a bank holiday. Oh, okay. I'm cool. the first of Jan, so. So bank holidays. Um, yeah, um, it's never good. been a problem. <laughs> but how do you feel about like productivity in society now and how we got to get it all, we got to get it right now? Yeah, I do think that there's immense pressure to always be like, on job, now we've got iPhones, like there's no excuse almost to turn off. Um, even in a job that technically is a nine to five, mine is much more 25 eight. <laughs> so like it, it, it comes part and parcel and I try not to like complain about that. But um, yeah, you do feel like, yeah, it's, it's hard on like social media and seeing, you know, what everyone else is doing and just like that level of comparison mm -hmm. in terms of your own productivity as well, which I do think is a, uh, yeah, is a big pressure on all of us. And yeah, I do feel like that part of the show, I really did, I was like, drag me, <laughs> it's me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that one, that hit. <laughs> but then how will you balance that, like wanting to progress and wanting to better your family situation mm. and all of that part? maintaining friendships the way she has. And I guess her friends have had to be really graceful in that fact, but do you ever get friction between that of, guys, I really need to go and get it now. And like, please bear with me. You know what? I feel like I'm quite lucky in my friendship group. I would say that we've all got like, even separate groups. I think maybe because of how I am and who I'm drawn to, I think we all have like, quite a good work ethic. So we kind of take it in turns, like there's gonna be busy periods for some people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, for example, when I used to work in fashion, September, June, February, I can't take holiday, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. I might not be able to make it to any of your things. Um, and yeah, similarly, like now if I'm working on like a, a campaign, like we're deep into 
like lead up to release, I might not make whatever it is. But I, yeah, I feel like you kind of take it in turns. And also I think there's just an understanding that like there may be a like, from my experience now with my friends, I would say there's probably like a four, four and a half year period that not consistently, but we've really been in grind mode. And I think only now, like, you know, some of them have started their own businesses or, you know, have gone freelance and like, you know, just like things that require very much like laser focus. Yeah. And I think it's just giving each other the space to do that and the support and we link up when we can and it's not like, oh, right, like you didn't come or, you know what I mean? I think you yeah. just have to give everyone grace and yourself grace because yeah, it's difficult. But yeah, I think friendship is really important. And also, I guess like what you're saying, you just have to retain those friendships because at, on the other side of that success, like you want to be able to share it with those yeah. people and you don't want to have, you know, ostracize them on your way up. Um, so yeah, I felt, I felt like that was like a special yeah. kind of note. Because <laughs> I was looking at her and she shouted out two of the people she works with who are also her friends. But because the mm. stage was so big and she was just like, one lady there. Yeah. I was just visualizing. She literally has to hop around the world. <laughs> like, how do you maintain friendships, relationships? She touched on mm. as well. How do you maintain all of that while still being in that space? And I feel like the way she's done it is really, really nice because mm. on her journey, she's paying homage to everything that built her up to the yeah. point that she's on. Like, what for you would be? the idea of success, like when you sit back on the chair like this mm. at the barbs and you're thinking, yeah, I'm happy. Like, what would be that idea for you? I think for me, the main thing is like, through music anyway, that part of my career, I think just leaving a cultural impact. Um, and I think obviously in part that's measured by like amazing sales and like you want to sell as many records and you want the um, artists and music that they're working on to, you know, reach around the world. Like to me, that's that would be successful to be, mm -hmm. you know, part of a an artist career like that. But yeah, for me, it's cultural impact. I feel like when I think like when you grow up and you think of all the songs that shaped you and your identity and like whether it's from you know songs your parents played while you were in the house or I don't know songs from scenes that were building when you were a teenager and then like in your formative years. And I feel like if I can also be part of like bringing those artists to the fore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in terms of like my musical career, I, I would love to be able to say, yeah, you know what? Like I helped with that yeah, and I helped yeah, that yeah. reach people and, you know, soundtrack their lives as well and their experiences. So I'd probably say that. Do you put pressure on yourself at all? Yes. You put pressure on yourself? Massive. How, how, what does that look like for you? It's just like an internal, like voice that's just like I don't think I've like the other uh, was it last week I've worked basically for like two weeks straight like no days off um and like this job you've got to be out late nights as well mm -hmm. and um so yeah it was just super intense and like it was I think the 13th morning and I had to do uh I shot something I was doing a what was it like a youth project thing mm -hmm. on Saturday morning and like I woke up and I could have cried like you know you're so yeah. tired like my eyes were burning I could like I was actually close to tears and I was just like you just have to do it like you just have to get up you've committed to this like you have to do it and when you're there you're gonna love it and it's like having to like coach myself a little bit and then also when I go to bed like I think I'm so like ambitious and like really working towards my goals that like 
I, sometimes I can feel it in my throat. Like, I know it sounds so mad, but like, I can actually, if I think about all the things I need to do by this time and da da da, I can, it's like a physical feeling, um, which also isn't good. I don't think it's a, <laughs> always a good thing. Um, I'm still trying to work out what that balance is. And yeah, again, like some of the themes that Rupi touched on, it was like, obviously as her as a, a woman standing on a stage, and I think, you know, on that level, it probably is quite male dominated, mm. you know, the literary world. And and she kind of mentioned how many people doubted her. And and yeah, so it's all of those things that also add to the pressure that it's like, can I, even if I am working this hard, am I still going to be able to achieve what I want to achieve? Or, you know, will, will the glass that. ceiling like slap me in the head yeah. before <laughs> that point? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel like. Yeah, the pre there's a lot of pr I put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, persevering through that, like the doubt, I think is a big thing that people have to mm. persevere through. Like I remember Rupi saying her lecturers at uni was like, don't self-release your book. Like, why are you going to do that? And on the other side of people showing resistance and doubting her, she sold millions and millions of copies. And yeah. now we're all indulging in her work and... I proper love her angle on relationships. I feel like this was when the room was one of the loudest. Yeah. When she was just slating men, <laughs> as it always is. What was that? What was that line that she um, said? It was. I remember we tapped each other. Don't don't make a hotel out of me. No, I'm a I'm a home, not a hotel. Don't make a, a vacation, vacation out, out of me. me. I was like, jeez. We had to give it the clicks. We had to <laughs> I was picking like she told me to because, yeah, that was just a crazy line. I think that's like her power. Mm. And I think um, that just struck me as an a and Working in music, yeah. Yeah, and just like lyrically. Like... And I think when I've like, you know, noticed artists, whether it's at a live show or online on a video or whatever, like it's those moments that ultimately with poetry, lyrics, it's about getting to the heart of things and speaking to like an experience that all people have. Mm -hmm. And that line in particular, it's just like, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not some, I'm not a weekend girl. Like, do you yeah. know what I mean? You actually <laughs> need to be here through the ups, the downs. Like, I'm not just a good time. Like you actually have to be here, commit. And that's something that definitely in like this like Tinder hinge bumble world, like mm. that's a massive thing that, you know, modern women and men are facing. Um, and yeah, I feel like that's really special. And, and I think why she's, you know, been as successful as she has, because it is that ability to just like put things into words that mm -hmm. the average person may not be able to articulate in that same way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I thought that was amazing. I love the crossover culture as well, because mm. she, it feels like she can easily be a musician. Like as an A&R, you probably want to get her in a session, right? It was some eyes. I would, I would not mind it at all. Yeah. Even to be in the room just to like, for the one-liners and to just talk, because that's kind of how songs are even, you know, like a lot of it, you're in the studio, you're just talking, like mm. how we're talking now. And there's a topic that comes up or something's happened to someone that day. Um, and then the song starts flowing from there. And then, you know, as writers, you finesse it and do you know what I mean? Like make it rhyme and all that stuff. But um, yeah, 100%, she would, killer session easily yeah. and I actually love the moments where um there was music that accompanied the poems just as a, just to mix it up um but her voice and like her cadence and how she just is I think with no music is equally powerful so yeah it was sick man no it was wicked it was really good like even like reflecting on all of it how do you feel like her performance made you feel overall 
Like when the show's done, the lights come out, or you're in the cab home, you're thinking about your time at the bar. Was like, yeah. how did Rupiko's performance make you feel? I felt that last, um, the last poem that she did was, I can't remember the name of it, but it was about women and it was kind of, it was very like figurative and um, quite grand, like lyrically. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you know, they tried to drown me and like basically just trying to like kill her spirit. And like the, the illustration on the screen was like a woman, but as she continued, it kind of grew outwards and just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I just felt like that was, I felt very, um, I felt full at the end of it. And I, and I just felt that, I felt seen, I think. I felt like that's an experience that in my day to day for sure, it's like, would you say that if I was a guy? Or mm. would that be a problem coming out of my mouth? or like compared to yeah. his or whatever. And um, yeah, just really affirming. I think the whole show was super affirming. It was relatable. I felt like it's just amazing to see a woman command a state. There was nothing else, you know what I mean? And I think probably, you know, historically women in that space weren't allowed to even be that stereotypically feminine. Mm. She's got her heels on. She's wearing like this long flowing pink like coat with a co-ord and yeah. I don't know it just felt very progressive in that in that way and I think yeah if I was probably 12 and I watched that or you know like much younger mm -hmm. I feel like I would feel I could do that Lovely. if I wanted to and that was like my main takeaway from it was like cool poetry isn't this like you know um distant thing that yeah. you can't be involved in um so yeah that's what I would say I love the crossover, I love the creativity. Yeah. And after speaking about it and remembering it all again, yeah. how would you sum up your time at the Barbs? Maybe in like three words. Uh, I would say affirming, for sure. Positive and hilarious. Like, mm. I really laughed. Like, <laughs> I found her proper funny. Like, it, you know, it just felt, yeah. it felt really intimate. Um, and yeah, just like, I was with my friend almost. Yeah. Um, there was just something that I really recognised in her in like my own circles and, and yeah, relationships. So yeah, nice that's fun. what I'd say. Thank you so much for coming. Thank, thank you, thank you thank for thank having you. me. It was so fun.